Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite tech news gossip show. It's Thursday, September 10th. I know it's weird. We do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, but here we are on a Thursday. It's been a weird week. Tyler's out this week moving into his new house. Russ had a family thing yesterday, which I'll just cloak in ambiguity Ooh. and allow him to share with you if he wants. But it's uh, my wife's birthday. It was his wife's birthday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people are uh, are you know security minded and they just don't like saying those things. But happy birthday to your wife, Russ. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, how y'all doing over there? We're doing good, man. Um, we we went to Capitol Grill last night, and so that was the first time we've eaten out, or at least that I've eaten out. Because uh, she's met some friends recently in six months, so <laughs> that was wow. uh, that was interesting uh, to to go out for the first time. Things were a little different. Uh, you know, we order a, a bottle of wine and they can't pour our wine for us; like they have to just leave it at the table and walk away, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't matter. I just it's just interesting the little things you don't think about that it would change. Uh, and there was all there was a whole bunch of little things like that that happened. Um, you know, on uh, on our first night out in a while. They frisbee your food out to you? They did, yeah. So what they do is they throw you a plate, and then the chef just takes his spatula, and he starts flinging it, and you just right. have to you have to catch it. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, Capital Grill is not a bad way to, to get out there and, and go do that. Uh, yeah, that's our tradition. We do it every six months. Our birthdays are six months apart almost exactly, and so we go for our birthdays uh, twice a year. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Capital Grill, if you want to sponsor us with uh, <laughs> some steaks. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. All right, let's get into the news. Wanted to talk about the Oculus Quest 2, which do I don't it. know if I'm supposed to now call the Facebook Quest 2. I thought I was reading an article that it's not Oculus Quest anymore. It's Facebook Quest. I'm going to call it Oculus forever. Okay. Because then it would be the Facebook Quest 1, wouldn't it? Because mm, Because there was no Facebook Quest 1 before. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, it is expected to be revealed on September 16th during the Facebook Connect event. Now, we have a buddy that we assume has some insider information here. We invited him here to talk about this. Uh, He politely declined just to maintain his professional relationships, uh, as he probably should. So, we're going to feed you a bunch of rumors uh, that he could have substantiated, uh, but here we are. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we feel like these are pretty accurate. Uh, so in terms of the Oculus Quest 2, uh, you know, apologies for those of y'all that just ordered the, the Oculus 1 or the Facebook Quest 1 or whatever it is. Uh, the new one is it, it, it's expected to be 10 to 15% smaller than the current Quest. So Good. think of more like the Go that we saw, right? Mm-hmm. Closer to that. Uh, have a 90 hertz display. And I could not find what that was up from. I didn't, well, I didn't try hard enough. I could have gone and, and researched that, but yeah. up to 90 hertz. They were considering possibly up to 120 hertz. Rumor is they settled at 90 to improve battery life. It's that constant balance between how do we provide the best end user experience? I right? think 90 is the right decision here, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. I yeah. figured as I was typing that in my notes, I was like, I bet Russ would agree with that. Yeah. That's definitely <laughs> Even the decision I would have made. Yeah, even though you're typically the uh, you know maximum spec kind of person, but to be able to have that battery life in that smaller form factor, 
knowing what you know or, or knowing what I know about what you think about laptops. That's where I, <laughs> that's right. Uh, new redesigned controllers are speculated. Now, you know, that doesn't matter so much to me. I am more in the, Hey, tell me how hand tracking has improved. That's where I think we get to the, the, the next big leap. Sure. Because every time I show somebody the quest, if it's somebody that's under the age of 10 or maybe over the age of, you know, 65, they struggle with the, the hand controllers. Yeah. They just, it either just doesn't make sense or their hands aren't big enough or dexterous enough or something like that. Right. And just going straight into natural, like it being able to track your hands, the faster we can get there throughout with all the options, with everything, the, the better I think we are. Yeah, it's it isn't the closest thing we have to that right now is from from Valve. So Valve makes uh, their Index headset, which is it's a much more intricate setup. One, it's tethered to a PC. Two, it has external tracking modules on it, so you have to mount those at, at opposite corners of your of your room that you're in. And then it has a, a very very nice controller, probably the best in the industry at the moment that it can sense individual finger movements. And so you can like mm. open and close your hand. You can pick things up by, by closing your hand in, in games that support it and stuff. So we are certainly moving in that general direction, but it's not just like raw tracking of the hand. I would be interested to see if I've always thought in my mind, like maybe there needed to be something that was universally grabbed, you know, that the cameras could see and read. And maybe there was a glove you could put on um, thinking of like, you know, blank check in the 90s and, and like what vr was for him <laughs> um and that's that's where we need daniel to tell us is to you know uh, you where we are like with that? these things you're gonna say his name uh yeah i'm gonna say his name daniel yeah there's there's also news too that uh the headset has entered mass production as of july so that, that also doubles down on hey we think the announcement's gonna happen in september and if anyone tried to order a quest um or a Facebook VR device, <laughs> Facebook Quest, uh, the first one, you know that supplies were very, very limited. I don't know if they just, if they had manufacturing problems or they just didn't didn't expect it to take off like it did. Um, but there were a lot of delayed orders and it sounds like they're trying to uh, to get ahead of that. I have a feeling that it was a, a mix of the two. I'm definitely going to be pre-ordering this one, uh, yeah. assuming that that is an option. Well, and there were some screenshots of a uh, of an internal Target system, uh, Target like the the shopping center uh, that leaked showing the. Oculus this is VR this isn't like Facebook's targeting system that they yeah they sorry. have on all of us. <laughs> it, it was showing the Oculus VR headset. Uh, There's a screenshot of the 64 gig version uh, at 299, which was awesome. That's a yep. hundred dollars cheaper than the original. It and also has half the storage yeah. of the original that it's comparing yeah. to, right? That's a good point. That's good. Yeah. Because I bought the 128. But then the 256, which was the price of the one I bought uh, at 399 has twice. Yep. And it and it's it's $100 cheaper than what the 256 version was before. Yeah. So uh, awesome. definitely all around a good thing <clears throat> for the, the consumer side of this. I, I will say that uh, there's been a lot of speculation on just what these cheaper prices mean uh, is like, what are we losing? Like, what are we giving up? Because there's a lot of things inside of the VR space that if, I guess if you're really into it, you would know. Um, one of which is the, I don't know what it's called, but there's an adjustment slider, like a physical slider on some headsets to where you can change like the width between the eyes. 
mm-hmm. for for the for the actual lenses. Yeah, and that is a, a pretty serious problem for some people. I think it's called an IDP slider. Maybe IDP I'm wrong. On that. I think. Huh. I okay. think I, and someone will correct me on that. I'm sure. Uh, but that <clears throat> that is like in, in for instance in my headsets in both of my headsets that I have because I have a a PSVR and I have an Oculus Rift S. It it doesn't have anything like that. IPD. It's, is that right? IPD. IPD slider. Yeah, not IDP. Okay. What does it stand for though? Uh, I'm not sure, but it's a big deal in the VR space is, is being able to, uh, change the lenses to fit the not average distance between eyes. I haven't had a problem, at least not one that I'm aware of. And so maybe I have the average distance between my eyes, but some, you know, some people don't, they have more narrow or more wide and being able to change that is very, very important for a lot of people. And uh, so people are worried that they're going to lose that. Because I guess the original Quest, which I know you had, actually did have this. Yeah, and it does. So, I, the one I have has it. I didn't realize that people were producing these that didn't have it. I could not imagine not having it. There's a lot that, that don't. Like I said, neither one of mine do. Um, they have some sort of like oh, digital weird. setting. Like a, you can go into the actual oculus settings oh, app and, and change it screen. yeah it actually doesn't actual physical glass though that yeah right that's why it, they have a digital solution but it doesn't physically change anything in the real right, world right right that's, yeah. that's what i meant like the digital right. screen slides left or, or right or whatever. exactly uh, so ipd is interpupillary distance so the oh. distance measured in millimeters between the centers of the pupils of the eyes yeah, so that's. I mean, yep. you can imagine if if you're that, that's a pretty big deal if you're you're off the average, which is like sixty three point five or something of some metric I'm unaware of. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that people are worried about. Like, are we losing things like that? Because when they made the Rift S, it's a cheaper headset than the original Rift, and when they did that, they removed things like that. And so Man, it's, it was surprised. concerning to them if that was something that was removed or not. I don't know if it is. It's just I'm wondering what we are going to be giving up, if anything, yeah. uh, for these new cheaper options. Yeah. I, man, anymore, I just think that it's a, uh, it's a race to get market share. And so keep prices low. And it's almost like the freemium game model, right? Where we're going to release yeah. this game for free and then we're going to charge you for, uh, charge, you know, Free Cosmetics play, pay stuff. to win. Yeah, yeah. Charge you for all kinds of stuff that's in game, uh, and the cheaper we make it, the the greater traction and reach and market share we'll get. That, that's that's my thought on it, right? I, I agree. I, I think the cheaper it is, I think that the quest is probably single handedly going to, and I'm using air quotes here, save VR uh, yeah. because you know it's incredibly niche. I mean, if you look at the Steam stats, it's like one percent of users on Steam have a a high-end, you know, PC VR type of headset. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so even the people who are, you know, spending money on high-end gaming PCs, which is already a relatively niche market. I mean, I guess it's it's actually pretty big now, but for a long time, it's been a very niche market. Uh, they're unwilling to to go in on the the VR side of things. And I was a late adopter. I mean, I didn't get one until this year. Uh, they've been out for four years. So uh, that's, you know, it, the, the quest definitely, the whole, it's not tethered, it's self-contained. I mean, it really made adoption incredibly simple for everyone. Yeah. And now all we have to do is, is a lot of people don't want to drop $500 or even $400 at times on a, on a piece of technology. Uh, it, just in general, there's a lot of people who there's, that's just not worth it. So being able to lower the, the price, the entry price to 300 
and the upgrade to be 400, which was previously the lowest point, I think is it's really going to reach a lot more people that way, especially after the explosion that was the the original quest. Yeah. Well, I think you just very clearly laid out the entire reason I ended up getting one, right? Because yep. I didn't want to do the tower. I didn't want to have to be tethered of the towers rather for the system to understand where you are in space. Yep. The Oculus conquered that in new ways, which was amazing. And then you looked at the price point and you're like, wow, it's not a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks. Well, I don't have to buy this for a thousand and a $2,000 laptop right. with a, with a serious GPU just to run it. I mean, that's why I wasn't in it. So yeah, no, but, I get it completely. Your, yeah. And then to the question to the other, the other uh, thing we were talking about, the price of it, in my mind, I kind of compare it to mobile phones, right? People often complain about the price of mobile phones. Well, <laughs> especially now. Yeah. But what they're, there's not, there's not a lot of money being made on the actual physical device being sold, right? The money is in all the things afterward, Every, all the app store stuff we've been talking about, right? Sure. Um, well, I, I so, think Apple's making a decent premium on their, their handsets, just to be yeah, clear. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could, um, I, I don't know the, 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 <clears throat> the research I've looked at, um, the conversations I've had doesn't look like it's a significant, I mean, it may be like, maybe high single digits or low double digits, but it's not a significant. Margin. Well, it's definitely not going to be the types of like margin that you would think of as a manufacturer of say storage arrays, right. In our industry, sure. but, but for the industry that they're in, Apple carries typically a higher margin than, than the rest of them sure. around, you know, than the rest of the industry would like, for instance, if, if making money solely off of the operating system and the software sales inside of it, Samsung wouldn't be producing things. I mean, Samsung yeah. doesn't, they don't make Android. They make very little money. They don't have a Samsung app store that's worth anything. So they don't have any other true revenue stream out of Android, but it's it's like their most important product line for them is selling Galaxy phones and tablets. Yeah. Well, so then that reminds me too, uh, poll of the audience here. Did anyone buy the Microsoft Duo yet? And if you have, the $1,400 folding phone that has, it's basically two phones just taped together. Uh, please come on the show and talk to us about it. I was say, yeah, come do a live review. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Uh, I saw funny. I saw somebody who put they put um, they put an iPhone and an Android together in the same in the same way, and then just put a strip of duct tape in the back. <laughs> them together, best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, best of both worlds. Uh, anyway, and uh, okay, cool. Let's move on. We we've kind of beat this together. But the the other thing to say though. Is that if this uh, if the quest comes out as we expect it will on September sixteenth at the Facebook Connect event, it will mean a very uh, a very packed quarter for gaming hardware. And I think you're set up to talk about a few of these other things. Oh yeah, um, but we've got new things coming out from Nvidia, new things coming out from AMD. Uh, we've got the PS five, uh, Xbox Series X, uh, or Series ten. Is it Series Ten or Series X? Uh, I keep I keep reading it as Series X, and and this is maybe the reason why because there's also an Xbox Series S um, that is not mentioned okay. here, and so I, I think it's X, and I think it's S. Uh, the S basically what Xbox or Microsoft is doing is they're releasing two consoles at the same time, or at, at least relatively time. at the same no time. Oh yeah, yeah, they get the mini one or something like it's, that. It's it's a cheaper, cheaper version smaller. of it. Yeah, okay. it's like. I think one's maybe five hundred dollars and one's three hundred dollars, uh, and so they're they're kind of going that direction to where 
they're showing just a lot of specs at this point, and it's like the the S or the the X can do 4K gaming at like 60 or maybe even higher frames per second. It can potentially even do 8K gaming. So it's got just a, a massive amount of raw power inside of it. Whereas the the Xbox Series S is sort of touted to be able to do uh, 1440p gaming at 60 or more frames per second or something along those lines. So it's, it's definitely uh, pretty strong. In fact, it's, I have the numbers here. So the series X can do 4k at 60 up to 120 FPS. So it could do 4k at 120 FPS if the game really allowed for it. Um, and then the series S can do 1440 P at 60 FPS and up to 120 FPS, which is a decent resolution. In fact, that's what I use for my PC monitor. So it's, both of which are, are being able to handle higher resolutions, higher frames. The, the higher frames will be a first in, in console land. 120 frames per second will be so very new to console gamers. Are the, is the hardware getting out ahead of the games? Kind of like what we saw with TVs when you first got 4K. Nobody's broadcasting in 4K. Is the hardware for the Xbox doing the same thing? Or are games anticipating this and releasing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So the hardware is definitely becoming more capable, right? Uh, just 4K at 60 or 120 frames per second, man. I mean, that's that's tough. Uh, I mean, it genuinely is. Like my PC couldn't do most games at 4K 120 FPS. I mean, I could probably... There's. It just depends on the game. But if you think of like a traditional AAA title, uh, you know, maybe like your Halos of the World or Crisis, which is always kind of the running joke on can it run Crisis... Uh, those those games are very, very demanding. And the more pixels you start throwing at it, the more difficult it is for your GPU to keep up. And so that's just the reality of what it is. I mean, you'll in, in fact, you'll see these GPUs have 16 gig buffers in them. So meaning they, they have 16 gigs of memory in them for them to buffer textures coming in and everything that they they render against. And that's that alone helps enable higher resolutions. My PC sure, so like graphics card... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. My PC is uh, 11 gigs currently. And it, it was the best card that you could buy two years ago before you know the new NVIDIA cards that are coming out right now are. So um, it's a, a fairly large buffer to be able to help handle the higher resolutions. And so it's really a lot of hardware catching up. Uh, but honestly, game developers, they'll probably push that pretty quick because they've been pushing it on PCs. The architectures that they're using in the consoles these days are very, very close to PCs, much closer than they have been in the past. So I actually think they'll be able to push um, that hardware here in the next few years uh, pretty well. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to some uh, apocalyptic news. Actually, uh, I, I did want to point out that that yeah, on the on the NVIDIA side of things, so they their announcement was huge. Uh, speaking of my graphics card, uh, so I have a 2080 Ti. Uh, I mean, it was a crazy expensive graphics card. I think I paid $1,300 for it two years ago, which is just for reference, well above what the average flagship card would cost uh, in in any generation previously. They would normally maybe be in the $700 range, like literally half the cost. Uh, so it was very expensive. And now they're releasing their new... Uh, architecture called Ampere, and they have a few cards coming out, 3070, 3080, 3090. The 3090 is also going to be crazy expensive, like my 2080 Ti. But the kicker here is, is the 3070 
is going to be relatively similar, if not at times faster than my 2080 Ti for $500. So it's, 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 it's probably the biggest jump in performance we've ever seen, other than going yeah. from no GPU to a GPU. Uh, it's, we're seeing 80 plus percent performance gains over the previous generation. And just to give you an indication of what a, a typical good jump is, 20 to 30%. Yeah. So this is like a three-point shooter who's shooting really well at 35 to 40%, all of a sudden hitting 80% of its threes. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts, the difference that they're providing here. And for, you know, these prices obviously sound high, but they're actually, actually relatively low considering the $500 and $700 uh, options for the 3070 and 3080. So if you're looking for a new GPU, please do not buy one today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wait for the 17th and start clicking buy as fast as you can on one of the newer options that are coming out because they're going to fly off the shelves and they will be dramatically better and they will last much longer than even if you went out and bought people are trying to sell used 2080 TIs like I have right now for $500 um, I honestly don't think you should buy those I think you should look for a new one in the five to $700 range and you're going to probably be better off this, uh, this Ampere architecture is the same um architecture design everything you were talking about the improvements and all that kind of stuff uh, that we're seeing in the uh, artificial intelligence and hpc areas within uh, within the data center too oh yeah for so, sure yeah seeing massive upticks in the ability to uh you know produce and run through simulations and all, all that kind of stuff so super exciting time right now yeah absolutely okay um in in uh <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I kind of want to joke about this, and then at the same time, <laughs> my mind goes toward you know what's going on. All of our friends in uh, in California, all the po- uh, the the pictures I've seen posted in San Francisco around like the orangish red sky. It's so weird. Like, it's yeah. somebody was joking about how they're in the upside down. You know, I don't know if if y'all watch Stranger oh, yeah. Things. But, Stranger Things is uh, great. It's so weird, man. I mean, there's people. Um, Somebody took a bunch of drone footage yesterday and then set the set the uh, set music to it that was uh, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, uh, you know, super intense. It's just like these That's apocalyptic awesome. scenes. It's crazy, so weird. Uh, so, I mean, that yeah, I, I don't even I don't even know where to begin in terms of people losing their homes. I mean, we've seen friends on yeah, Twitter that have posted their their homes are just gone, right? Uh, so I'm not trying to make light of of any sort of. Uh, you know, terrible scenarios like that. But it was just basically going to joke about the fact that an asteroid wider than two football fields is set to fly past Earth on September 14th. And it just feels so 2020, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just for some data on that, right? So it's expected to fly past at a speed of about 24,000 miles per hour. Now that sounds kind of fast, but most things in space are going about that speed, right? Uh, I think the International Space Station is uh, 17,000 miles an hour around the planet. Sure. Uh, but what's what's more important is how far away is it from the Earth? And it'll pass at 4.2 million miles, right? Now, by comparison, the moon is 238,900 miles from Earth, right? So farther, mm-hmm. uh, significantly farther than our own moon is. But the, the thing that you worry about here is when uh, these these near earth objects as they call them and track them break apart kind of last minute as they come by. Right. And so this is once again, my petition to get cannons, laser cannons on the moon <laughs> to help us shoot these things out of the sky, like a little asteroid, like the video game, uh, as soon as we can. 
So with, with your laser cannons, will they just sort of make these things vanish or will they break it up into just more pieces to fall into earth? It is. So every time I've done anything with lasers, you have an unlimited supply. Okay. Of lasers. Right? <laughs> sure. Just, just a fact of lasers. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, so, a, that actually comes with the territory for sure. Yeah. So you shoot them and they break apart and you calculate using these new, uh, NVIDIA Ampere architecture. Yep. Uh, GPUs. During some sort of AI predictive. Exactly. And then you, right, exactly. And then we learned about the, the fighter pilots that had, uh, basically they were aim botting the, yep, the, they were uh, cheating. They were cheating. They should be right? banned. Mix that with the laser cannons and all this GPU acceleration stuff, solve for the calculation super fast and just so keep you, shooting so, the pieces until yeah, it's Yeah, so you just shoot the first one, it breaks into pieces, and then it just launches a barrage of lasers and takes out all of the individual little pieces until they're... And it keeps repeating that until they're yeah. all gone. Yeah. No, I feel you. I think... So, and Elon, then, this is something I feel like you need to do. Yeah. Like the game War Game, or War Games, that you suggested. I don't know if it has an S movie. at the end. Yeah. yeah. War Games. I'm oh, sorry, the movie. Did I say game? You did. The movie, which I know what you're talking about now, I haven't watched it yet. I'm sorry, I confess. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. I'm telling you, you can have the the world's worth of, uh, you know, middle schoolers firing these laser cannons on the other They've side. They've been training for years. I'm that's telling right, you, they're good. ready. I think that this is a good plan. Just make it a game, and then they realize what's going on. It, that'll, uh, ironically, be uh, like another movie. Uh, Ender's game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and I want the cannons on the far side of the moon because the far side of the moon never points at the earth and you'll never have, you know, a nine-year-old uh, shooting a laser cannon at the earth. No, I, I don't see any scenario where this could go wrong. Uh, I think that this is foolproof and we should move on it probably as soon as possible. And I don't even think that we should even do any form of alpha or beta or POC. I think that we should probably just move straight into production. There we go. And uh, <laughs> it should be good. <laughs> okay all right Uh, that happened without tyler here it reminds me of all the memes that you see where it's like you have the developer with the application and then you show the uh the the customer with the application you know and it's anyway whatever sorry (laughs) i'll I'll leave that be yeah okay uh what what do do we want to go to next uh, I, I know that, that we both kind of have to wrap this up soon and get ready for calls. So I'll, I can just go down this this list relatively quick. Uh, one of which is Android 11 um, released. So uh, there's, you know, there are 11 best new features articles out there. Um, I will tell you that as someone who is running Android 11, I, I found that I just don't change my workflow on my phone very often. So they can kind of change anything they want uh, but as long as they don't change what I'm doing, I don't really notice a lot of the new features. Like one of them is chat bubbles. I don't know if iPhones do this or not, but Android or not Android, I'm sorry, but uh, Facebook Messenger. I don't use it anymore, but I did for a little while. And when I did, it had this feature to where it would put a chat bubble just somewhere on like the side of my screen. And it was perpetually there and it drove me insane. I, I never liked it. Well, I guess a lot of people do like that chat bubble there. It's just very ease of access. It's always on top of your screen. And now that is a feature within Android 11 where with you know almost all of your 
different messaging apps that you have, you can have a chat bubble that is just always accessible right there for you. I, I'm not a huge fan, but that seems to be something that a lot of people like. There's been a lot of enhancements to notifications, which is like Android's claim to fame. That's why a lot of people will use Android over iOS is because of the way it manages notifications. And they've seemed to continue to press that forward. Uh, and so there's a couple other and then a bunch of other changes kind of under the hood that are coming. But Android 11 is out. Only about 1% of people will be able to use it right away because of the way Android's updates work. They're you know wow. managed by the manufacturer. So uh, Samsung and, and all these other different um, companies that make Android phones, they just don't all release Android updates right away. Because kind of like we were talking about earlier, they don't make their money off of Android. They make their money yeah. off of selling devices. So okay. uh, Apple, or not Apple, but uh, Samsung recently released that they are going to commit to three years of Android operating system updates to almost all of their phones, even the mid to low end range ones that they have. And so that was actually a huge development because most people that want updates for longer term from Android buy what the phone that I have, which is Google's Pixel. You can think of it like the iPhone of Android systems. It's made directly by the people who, who make Android Google. And so I got the Android 11 update an hour after it was released. I mean, it just, it instantly happened on my phone. And, and I'm a fan of that. I've always liked that. I've used Google phones when they were the Nexus line and now through the Pixel line. And I've had, I've had Samsung's as well. Samsung in particular has probably the best video camera uh, option for, for Androids out there. Uh, but <clears throat> the, the update feature has really kind of made people gravitate towards uh, either moving to an iPhone or moving to a Pixel. And so Samsung committing to three years of updates was huge. In fact, I think Android Authority or, or one of the Android-focused websites did a poll and said, will you now buy a Samsung phone now that they're committing to three years of updates? And 86 or 87% of people said yes. So it was, and that was with, I think, 12,000 responses to it. Hmm. So it was a decent sample size. And uh, so that was pretty big. And it's kind of goes in line with this whole Android 11 announcement but the difference is is it will take samsung several months to release those updates uh probably not a big deal for most users especially now that the features coming out in these phones are there's just minimal changes at this point but some people more so than i think on you know pcs or macs they just really look forward to that next version of a phone operating system because it is so critical in our lives. It's something we use every single day. And so anyways, Android 11 came out. Samsung is going to update most of their phones to it, but it'll probably be a couple months down the line from now. Are there any of those? Uh, so those 11 best new features, are there any major ones that you think are uh, game changers? Uh, it's a good question. I, I don't know if there's anything that's explicitly a game changer, although I, I'm sure certain, certain people would disagree. So one, a lot of people wanted native screen recording. Apparently, uh, it's something that a lot of people either use on the iPhone or they use third-party apps on Android to do it. I, I've never used that type of thing in my life. But native screen recording is inside of it, which is which is pretty big for a lot of people. There's a lot of additional privacy features, uh, meaning like the way app permissions work, which is something that there's that that is explicitly kind of a point against Android for a lot of people is the way app permissions work. In Android 10, they added the same type of app permission control that you kind of see inside of iOS, which is where you can do only use, only allow access to say location data, 
mm-hmm. while I'm using the app. Like you can use that as permission. They have made it now to where you can also have apps revoke permissions entirely uh, whenever they haven't been used for a while. And, and they've changed other settings around that one. So that one was made a, a fairly big fuss about is a lot of people like that. The bubbles was a big one as well. And uh, and then the the last one, like I said, is the notifications. It's not really a game changer in my opinion, but because it is such an incredible focus for Android. Because you can basically use your Android phone in its entirety uh, just through managing notifications if you wanted to. Other than like obviously opening a browser. Just through... Oh, you just like, you just interact through the notifications. You can just interact through the notifications. Like you. you can do a significant amount of things in the notifications yeah. from replying, changing settings, um, setting reminders, whatever it might be. A lot of things happen through the notification system. And that is just <clears throat> a lot of people's workflows are very, very heavy around that. So that's why they make a big focus on that. I'll tell you what the biggest thing for me is is the fact that the Pixel 5, which is going to release later this month, and I'm probably going to get, is still not prioritizing the video camera. So the fact mm. that they're not trying to improve video uh, is is somewhat frustrating to me because Google's software is so unbelievably good, in particular around the camera things that it does, that if it just paired itself with high-end hardware like Samsung or Apple does, you would have an, just an incredible you know, you know, experience both in still photos as well as just an improvement in, in the video. But they just don't want to do it. And it's driving me crazy because <clears throat> I would like to have better video in, in addition to what Google does to the, the still photos. But if I want to do that on the Android side of things, then I would need to go to Samsung, which then I would lose my very quick updates or I would lose my incredible still photos. They still have very good still photos, but they're decidedly third place behind Google and Apple. And so I just wouldn't want to give that up. And so I'm, I'm a little, I mean, the video is fine. Like it works well enough, but it's compared to like, say your iPhone, I guarantee you that the video quality is not nearly as good on my pixel. And that's the one thing well, that I would say dude, kind of sucks here is that that is not I have an iPhone updated. eight though, man. I have an eight. Okay. Well, it might be similar to your iPhone eight, but compared to like yeah. the 11, yeah, the 11 had an incredible camera and I'm sure the 12 is just going to improve on it. So uh, that's something that I wish that they would do is focus a little bit more on video because Google has nailed still photos. Yeah. They crush that, <clears throat> but they struggle quite a bit uh, in, yeah. in the video space. It's just, it's just average is really all okay. it comes down to be. All right. We got to wrap this up. A uh, quick comment about the, the iPhone thing. The rumors I was seeing there is the upcoming Apple event will not announce it. Um, they're going to announce new like iPads and watches and stuff. I think they're not announcing the phone at the next Apple event. Or that they're not releasing it or something, right? It's it's delayed. Oh, maybe they talk about it, but uh, it's it's delayed. People uh, so historically, COVID. it's been released in September. Um, mm-hmm. Now they're guessing it'll be October. October Interesting. Later. My wife is probably going to get it, so it's um, that is news for me. Yeah, it's probably about time for me out. to update. Go up four generations in an upgrade. I would say that that's probably time. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we got to shut this down. Um, But there are two other things that you dropped in here that I just can't pass over here. Sure. I'm sorry. But you wrote, (laughs) there's an article here. Zuckerberg says he, quote, hopes Facebook won't destroy society. Uh, And then the other one here, Netflix boss says staff can return to office when the majority are vaccinated. Yeah. So it's interesting. Stuff there. I, I will tell you that that. So the Netflix one was was extremely interesting. I actually read that entire article a couple days ago. He actually made right. a comment where he, Sorry, he was being on that one though. 
Yeah. Is that why I saw uh, cancel Netflix trending? Uh, probably I would imagine. Yeah, I would probably, I would imagine. So, and I'll tell you that in, I didn't see that, but I will say that here's the comment that probably did, you know, said that it was taken a little bit out of context. Cause I think he was saying it in jest, but he, he is not, the CEO is not a fan of work from home. In fact, you might even state that he hates it. And what he said was when he was being interviewed by this publication was they said, you know, when do you anticipate your employees returning to the office? Because he had just got done saying that he thinks there's a significant amount of negative things that come from working at home and not in the office. And he said 12 hours after a vaccine is released. And, and, and that was, in, in, like I said, I think he was saying it in jest because one, that's impossible. Um, and then he immediately clarified and, and said, he goes, realistically, I think it's, you know, probably somewhere within six months or so after the vaccine is released and things are tested and, and you know, it's validated, it's working. So he, he was much more realistic, but I mean, his immediate reaction was basically as soon as humanly possible. And I don't think people took well to that. I think that the attitude was uh, not, not viewed as a positive thing in any way, shape or form. And so that's probably why you saw that trending, but yeah, that was his response. I remember uh, I actually so read I it to my it wife. <laughs> Yeah. yeah go so ahead. while you were explaining that, I looked up uh, why Netflix is trending, and it—I'm not even going to touch that. It's Ooh, that uh, one. I don't want to know. Then disgusting. So, so it's even worse. <sighs> Significantly worse, man. Uh, I'll, I'll let I'll let people go figure that out themselves. I'll Google it myself. Yes. Um, but his comments were not well received by a lot of people. Um, just in general. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's flip over to Zuckerberg. Says he hopes Facebook won't destroy society. Uh, what what was that about? Well, so what, this this one I'm actually well, I don't know because there's. Did you see that there's a Netflix documentary over like social media just in general that has a lot of people who were involved in the creation of these various yeah. platforms, Facebook, Twitter, etc. So there is a a documentary coming out. And I think it started sort of sparked a little bit of this conversation uh, around whether or not uh, social media is going to basically be our downfall. In fact, one person who I think he was credited with creating the like button on Facebook. And that was like, his thing was like, he came up with that. I, there's a lot to that like button. And he, he basically said that social media was checkmate for the, for the human race. And, and I think that there was some, that kind of sparked some of this to where now they're looking to deeply some of the things that they are and are not doing within Facebook, such as uh, Facebook CEO says he will not remove anti-vaxxers posts, even as the coronavirus pandemic continues to rage across the world. So it's wondering, you know, with his influence on over 2 billion, maybe close to 3 billion people now. You know, there might be posts that encourage people not to get a vaccine for COVID-19. And it's like this type of information spread allows for some of the most crazy things to happen. Like, you know, obviously we've seen horrible things with, with racial injustice going on out there. But I think we've also seen fuel to the fire of the way people react through social media. And, and I think that, you know, you yeah. see... It, you see peaceful protesters on one end, but then you see people rioting targets left and right on the next end. And it's like that, that rage could be coming, you know, coming from what they're seeing on social media. And so I, I haven't seen this documentary. I am interested in it, but I think I it's, I think it's pointing to a lot of things like that to where the, the amount of 
reaction that you get in, in overreaction comes from face value of information uh, that is spread through social media, people only reading headlines and not the full article type of approach uh, that has people having knee-jerk reactions. And so that's that's the premise. And I think that that's kind of what he's responding a little bit to here is, is this growing notion that social media, you know, there, it's always been do the pros outweigh the cons. And I think people are starting to wonder if, if that's still true. Because I think most people thought for a long time that it was true that pros outweighed the cons. And now I guess they're weighing that as they think more about just how powerful these backend systems that whenever you hit the like button on Facebook, you know, what, what is that telling someone about you? And what is that, how is that controlled information now flowing to you to, to reach someone else's agenda being managed? And I, I think it's stuff like that that's going on here. And I think he's going to fight this for a long time. I, I, I've, I don't know if this is fixable at this point. I think someone said, or maybe it was the name of the, the documentary, deleting Facebook off your phone will not fix the internet, <laughs> was the quote. So it's like, meaning that these systems are right. already rooted in what we're doing in day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. They're pervasive, whether it's yep. Facebook or not. Okay. We exactly. Shut down, dude. It's good chatting with you. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, tomorrow is Tyler's birthday. Ooh. So give him a little text. September 11th, Tyler's birthday. Okay. Tyler's birthday. Wow. What a significant day to have your birthday on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I almost didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if we're even doing a show tomorrow. I think maybe tomorrow afternoon, maybe he's available or something. I know he's, he's, uh, this is the only show we've done this week so far. Yeah, it is. Uh, Monday was a holiday and, uh, Wednesday we already explained. And so we did it today, but. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about nine eleven, even though it really has nothing to do with our show. So, yeah. Anyway, but um, probably a worthwhile topic, anyways. Yeah, if you're listening and you want to join us tomorrow, and talk about nine eleven for a little bit. Hey, I'm game. All right, uh, I'll let you shut it down, Russ. Cool. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. Thanks for joining everyone. Uh, if you could, it'd be very helpful to us if you went inside of your podcast app and rated or, or, or liked the podcast. It helps us out a lot. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, later. Peace.